Yes, it's episode 139 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. It's Sunday, the 22nd of September, 2019. And uh, I'm in in the house this time. I'm in the house. Griff, obviously, in the house, not in the car. I'm walking around in my underwear to give you lot that visual. Got a t-shirt on, but underwear, because I need to put ice on my hamstring, because I'm an old man now, and I pull my hamstring... Every other game, I play football. Uh, we won 4-0 today. That's our first win of the season. And we won 4-0. Emphatic victory. And I played 75 minutes before. Oh, my hamstring. It's gone. It's gone. Neil, sub me off. Me hamstring. And, yeah. So, ice in the freezer. The ice pack. Waiting to come out. But, ah, oh, jeez. But, yeah, we won. So, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. And, uh, tired. Tired for my weekend. Friday up in Luton. We were up in Luton. Gigging. Um, we were doing Luton. It was uh, Wahala. Uh, J- Jamaica versus Africa. Jamaica versus Africa again. It was the extension to the tour. So we did Luton on Friday, Swindon on Saturday, and Luton shat all over Swindon. <laughs> nah, it's just, it did. I did. Like I said, Luton's a shit old town um, as a butt of a joke. But, yeah, you know, it's not that bad. From what I saw of it, what I've seen of Luton before, being there a few times, it's not that bad. It's just easy, isn't it? Ugh, Luton. It's just easy to say. Right, so, Swindon, I thought it just looked nicer. Don't know why. It's Wiltshire, you know? Wiltshire sounds lovely. you think the Swindon would be a nicer looking place. But, no. It looked like, uh, there's, I drove through one part of the town, and you know the opening scene of Coronation Street? Where it just looks like it's it's poverty from a different decade. That's that's what Swindon looked like. In parts. In parts. Um, definitely witnessed um, a race about to happen on the drive back from the gig. So three cars lined up, all the doors open, all chatting in the middle of the street. And I was like, they're literally going to do a race down this strip. And I am so happy I am not on the road when they're doing it. As I'm driving towards them. <laughs> I'm like, they're going to be behind me. And I hope they kill no one and don't kill themselves. In the name of fun. But no, but that's, that's the comedy stuff this week. Um, was Bournemouth last week? So yeah, Bournemouth, 13... Quick maths. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I recorded on Friday last week. So the oh, so the Birmingham gig didn't happen. The one where I was meant to be a judge. Found out on the day it wasn't happening. Um, does it matter that I couldn't be asked to go to Birmingham that day? No, it doesn't matter. It's about the principles. It's the principles. Can't cancel on the day. But, um, yeah, well. Yeah, but the the London show is still happening apparently. So, yeah, Catford Broadway, which I really don't want to be cancelled because just uh, sentimental reasons, I would perform at Catford Broadway. It's one of the first places I, I saw comedy. That's the very first gig I ever saw was Lenny Henry at the Playhouse in Harlow. That's the first comedian I ever saw do stand up live. I don't know how old I was, because I don't remember feeling like I was really old, but I was able to go watch Lady Henry. 
So I'm not sure if it's one of those ones where my mum just went, nah. You know, sometimes your parents say, you're too young for this. And other times, because they really want to do something, they're like, eh. <laughs> oh, them ones. Oh, sorry, no one under 16 is allowed to be here. But your mum really wants to go. So she's like, eh, I mean, what's the difference between 16 and 12? <laughs> Whereas when you want to do some fun shit. So I want to go to this. Um, isn't the age limit 18? Mum, I'm 17. I'm 18 next week. Yeah, but it's 18, so you can't go. Because they don't want you to have fun. You know, that's good. That's parental privilege. I respect that. You know what I mean? You put a roof over your head, clothes on the back, all that good stuff. Fair enough. You get to decide when I'm old enough, when I'm not <laughs> there. So, um, but yeah, what, what has happened this week though? I've actually tried to take notes of articles I saw in the week, like I used to do. You know, I actually put some time and dedication into my podcast uh, rather than just rambling about my life like I'm someone interesting. Um, yeah, so you're going to hear my opinions on things. Like, they're relevant. Whatever. Uh, so, one thing that jumped out this week. See, uh, Britain first. Doing coastal patrols for illegal immigrants arriving in the UK. Back in Barry and Dave, front line. These Muslimics trying to get in this country. Nah, not having it. I love that. I love these, like, these people think that most of these illegal immigrants are people that come in on like rubber dinghies and just rock up on the coast. No, most illegal immigrants are people that actually have a legitimate reason to come into the UK, like a working visa or a student visa, and then just stay. <laughs> they're the ones, but you don't really spot them because why? Because they're like Australian or Canadian or South African. They're not looking brown and bearded, so you don't give a shit. Like I said, the only way to fix these kind of issues when it comes to you know prejudice and racism is just let the sexy ones in. Seriously. I mean, Barry and Dave find out that the hot barmaid at the bar is an illegal immigrant and she's getting deported next week. They're like, what? No, you can't. Can't send her home. But well, weren't you just on the coast trying to get them all out? No, but... Didn't mean all of them. He's all right. She's all right. Yeah. What they call they call them Christian patrols. <laughs> That's what they call their little what's Christian patrols. Because I, mean, I ain't read the whole Bible. I'm pretty sure there wasn't people walking around trying to bash up Muslims. Not just any Muslims. Fucking asylum seekers. People that have travelled across the whole continent to get away from their war-torn country that's been bobbed by this very country and its mates because they want some oil, fighting a fucking proxy war, bombing up hospitals and schools. You go, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, you doing here using our hospitals? Use your own. Can't. You blew them up, you prick. So, I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's, uh... But, you know, the way to fix these things it is just education, isn't it? little bit of exposure, sit down and have a conversation because I'm pretty sure that these guys on the coast looking for these illegal migrants are doing it with good intentions in their mind. They think they're doing the right thing. No one actually goes about doing the wrong thing. The thing that they think is the wrong thing. 
You know what I mean? That, that doesn't make sense. You've, you must have done enough mental gymnastics to make the wrong thing to do and feel like, eh, it's okay to do. Pretty sure like mass murderers, you know, they don't go around going, oh, I'm such an arsehole. I'm murdering people and they sit there, have a breakdown after each murder. No, of course they don't. You hear their interviews, like, they deserved it. They're a scumbag. They're less intelligent than me. They're not as great as I am. And do you know what? They're lucky I let them live for as long as I did because I could have killed them any time because they're too dumb to know that I was coming. That's like how those psychopath serial killers talk. Like, they've done the mental gymnastics that make them go, yeah, you know, murdering 47 women was fine. <laughs> that was the right thing to do. So I imagine all these guys in these coastal patrols are... Uh, I think they're doing the right thing. Flipping nuts. But um, what else happened this week? On the same page, I was, <coughs> I was reading in the Metro. And there's another story they tagged underneath it. Pupil 10 tried to kill himself after racist taunts. Fucking mad, eh? Is it what this country's getting to? Is it getting to or are we just hearing about it more? Who knows? I mean, let's read the article. A 10-year-old boy tried to take his own life after he was bullied by racists at school. Um, Caleb, Caleb Hills, who is mixed race and has learning difficulties, there you go, was taunted for two years by pupils using the N-word at the Orchard School in Canterbury, Kent. So, he's 10 as well, so he's on those ones, isn't it? These kids are just repeating what they hear. No kid who's 10 actually is a real racist. You say a word, you see upsets the other kid. You've heard your dad say the word describing kids that look, describing people that look like that kid. But you're saying, as a kid, you're saying it because your dad said it and you like your dad. So you're saying, and you're, or your mum, or your uncle, or your aunt. There, there's someone you like or love is saying it. You're like, yeah. Mate, I've been to football games, right? Not even just racism, just point of just following your dad. And it's like the, and the dad's there and he's tearing into one of the players. Oh, you're fucking shit. You're shit. Fuck off out of my team, you shit. And their little 10 year old's like, yeah, fuck off, you shit. It's like, oi, Jack, stop that. Pack that in. Don't swear. Oh, but I was just saying what you were saying, dad. No. Stop it. It's like, you see that shit all the time. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. He's fucking shit. Fucking prick. Right? So that's what's happening at 10 years old. That kid sat down watching and then the dad's watching news, watching TV, does all oh, this black bastard. This Edward. And he's just like, look at his dad like, oh, that's what we call him now. So, hey. But this, this is what happened though. Read it. Check this out. Um, his mother, uh, Tyler Hills, uh, 46, said her lovely, bubbly, talkative boy's personality changed dramatically. She said the pair were told by the school's pastoral manager, ready? C- Caleb needed to build a resilience to racism. Now, here's the thing about this comment. He needed to build a resilience to racism. It's, it's actually, <laughs> that's actually true. That is true. 
Um, if you're black in this world, you do need to build a resilience to racism. If you're a woman, you need to build a resilience to sexism and all other things. Doesn't stop the fact that those things shouldn't exist, and especially if it's within, not just the public, it's actually within the confines of an area that you're in control of, yeah? You know, like a school, and you're a bloody teacher, you don't just shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, well, the world's racist, so my classroom's racist. <laughs> no, no. You go, hey, um, it's not a school issue that racism exists, but it's not happening in my school, so no, you're expelled. You don't just shrug your shoulders and go, ah, you know, kids say things. It's like in football when racism happens, and it, and I get it when FIFA come back and go, it's not a football issue, it's a societal issue, and this is what it looks like in football. That's a fair comment. But then when racism happens, you can't speak going, yeah, well, you know, the black players need to, you know, stop being so sensitive. No! If you actually care about stopping it, then it's such an easy win for the school. It's not like, oh, maybe the kids race, said something racist, maybe he didn't. He used the N-word multiple times and you've acknowledged that. And your response is, ah, let's build up some resilience. Chin up. That's the pastoral manager as well. So that's brilliant. Um, yeah, Caleb grew anxious and reluctant to go to school before eventually trying to hang himself. Jeez, 10 years old. His mother moved him out of the school in May. The county council has agreed to pay for Caleb who is now taking antidepressants to attend an independent school. See, how, why does it got to that? Now the kid's on fucking medication. Mad. I don't know what that does to you, puberty and development, but if you want antidepressants from the age of 10, I imagine it's not the best for your development, right? Just as, as a guess... Um, the Orchard head teacher Annabelle Lilly said staff worked extensively to find a solution. She added, Caleb was well-liked and was doing well and we are sorry he's no longer a part of our school. You know, those bullshit responses, like, you, you did fuck all. Those guys, ah, well, you know, what are you going to do? You did this and we did what we could. No, you didn't. It's because you didn't want to upset another parent by expelling their kid for being a racist. So you went, oh, well, what do I do? How do I not, ah. Uh. And these people run, like, companies and schools. Not all of them, but, you know, people just, like, in these positions of power, right? They're such psychopaths when certain things happen. Some people are just, like, really good people, but I don't think that's what you need to make it to the top. Like, very few. Most of them, they're so work-focused, you know, they check their emails when they're on holiday, to check their emails when they're having a shit. You know, th those guys... It was just always on, always work, work, work. Sending emails on a Sunday afternoon. Hi, guys, I was just thinking for the meeting on Tuesday. Fuck off. It's Sunday. Don't you dare email me. I get so vexed that I open my inbox on a Monday and I see someone sent me an email on Saturday. Hey, when you get a chance to look at this on Monday, piss off. No. Because you're a loser and you work on a Saturday. You ain't dragging me into your fucking shit. But, um, sorry, I'm swearing so much today. It's, it's football. I've been playing football and I was just with, you know, the lads. You know, you can't communicate about swearing on the football pitch. Gonna just relax. Gonna calm it down a bit. Stop swearing. <laughs> but, point make is, yeah, when they're in these positions of power, right, I think you just need that little bit of psychopath in you, that sociopath, 
So when something like this, when this boy tried to hang himself, I bet the first thought that came to our head teacher's head was, oh, this is going to look shit on the school. Not, oh, I wonder if he's all right, what's caught? It would have been, this is going to look really bad on the school. And that's how they think, it's reputation first. Reputation first, but no. Some people try to be on the right side of, of these things though, right? Justin Trudeau. Canadian MP, he was the man. He was the guy that everyone always posted up when talking about how shit Trump is. Why can't it be more like the Canadian PM? He's cool, he's, elo- he's eloquent, he's good looking. Oh, he's you know, he, he, he's all up on social issues. And da da ba ba boo ba da boo and then bow! Pictures come up, blackface. Ha! <laughs> Got him. That's, that's the world we live in. I mean, they, they try to cancel the arseholes, they try to cancel the good guys, they try to cancel the ones who are doing really well, they try to cancel the ones that do it badly. Everyone can fucking get it. Everyone can get cancellation. The problem is, is when you don't live your life like an arsehole, you live your life like a good guy, like you've made a change, you're just trying to be a better person. These little bombs from, from your history, they hit hard. They hit harder. When you're an arsehole, like now, and someone pulls up something bad you said 20 years ago, like when Trump said, oh, they should hang to Central Park Five, and then I was like, can you believe he said that? Uh, it's like, it's Trump. He's, he said a lot of things since then. It just kind of gets washed away. But when you're like the poster boy of the left, when it comes to international politics, and you've got a picture of you in a racist costume at a school party. Ah, oh, man, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has apologised after photos emerged of him in brownface, not blackface, oh, during a 2001, 2001 costume party. The Liberal Party leader uh, dressed up as the Arabian Nights themed dinner in 2001 at private school uh, West Point Grey Academy in British Columbia, where he was a 29-year-old teacher at the time. So he... Wasn't even young. I was like, ah, he's only a kid. He's two years younger than I am now. And he was like, hey, brown face, why not? Good idea. Because brown face is cool in 2001, post-millennium. But we carry on. Uh, after Time Magazine obtained the image of him in a turban and robe with dark makeup on his hands, face and neck, he asked Canadians to forgive him. Uh, the 47-year-old, he should be asking brown faces to forgive him. Anyway, the 47-year-old launched his bid for re-election a week ago, told reporters travelling with him on his campaign that I'm pissed off at myself, I'm disappointed in myself. He said he had been dressed up as Aladdin and admitted that it was not the first time he had painted his face. He once blacked up to perform Harry Belafonte's Banana Boat song, Deo, at a talent show in his high school days. Uh, that picture's also up as well. Um, I should have I should have known better then, but I didn't. I am deeply sorry for it, he said. I'm going to ask Canadians for, for, to forgive me for what I did. I shouldn't have done that. I take responsibility for it. It was a dumb thing to do. The PM said he had always been more enthusiastic about costumes than was sometimes appropriate. Added, these are the situations I regret deeply. Now... Here you go, people. That's how you do an apology. You go, ah, oh, you just self-flagellate. I'm terrible. I was, I was so stupid. I was dumb. I can't believe I did that. Ah, oh, I'm disgusted at myself. You, you, you distance yourself from 
the present you and the past you. And he chastised the past you. Like, you joined the rabble. Ah, let's get him. Like, yeah, let's get him. Who? Past me. Let's get him. Not me. I'm, I'm different. I'm on your team. I hate that guy as well. Everyone's like, what? Wait, who? Wait, what? No, we want to cancel you now. No, I'm a different guy. Let's cancel that guy, though, from 2001. Let's get him. Now, say you ride those ones. Just absorb. Just absorb the, the anger. And just deflect it back into the past. So you do it, man. So you do that one, man. But, yeah, it's... it's it's weird. Now, blackface and brownface thing for costumes. Um, here's my thing. Some costumes, you need it. I believe. I don't believe that. Like, you can't rock up as Hulk without painting your face green. And, you know. But then there's some costumes you don't need it. Like, if you didn't have brown face or black face on, right? And you were singing, Deo, Deo. They're like, oh, mommy, want some fun. Right, you're singing that song. Are people going to go, is he better be Harry Belafonte? Because his face is white. I don't think that would happen. I think they'd know what song you were singing or what you were doing. Arabian Nights, you've got the old costume on already. Do you need your face to be, to be brown? Probably not. You probably don't need it to be brown. People probably guess, considering the whole party was an Arabian Nights theme. I might do that. I I want to start a show called To Catch a Racist. Here it goes. Just set up these weird situations where, you know, people just just put them in a situation where they could say something off key. Like I said, I've got a joke about it. We're coming out um, when I post my, my hour. Um, out, up, but yeah, catch a racist, you know, you play songs that have like the N-word as the, the killer line in the song, and you have a room full of white people, and he's got the song, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but we ain't missing with no broke, and he just killed the sound, whoop, volume, down, you catch the four or five white guys, you just proper sing it with full gusto, Messing with the broke niggas, and then just let everyone at the party turn. You rock up, you let them know, hey, you're on to catch a racist. How do you feel? They're like, oh, oh no, oh, oh my best friend's black. Ah, 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 ah. And then you just have that tape over their head. We're not going to release this tape now. No, we're going to let you go ten years into your career, and then we're going to release this tape, and then we've got you. What we have? Yeah, you have parties where you go, hey, you have to come. It's a Motown party, guys. You host that like a work fit event where it's an all-white office. Motown party, guys. Dress up as your favourite Motown artist. Okay, it will be great. And then you watch someone's going to come with the Afro wig and a brown face and bam! Why do you think that's a good idea, Helen? Well, it was a Motown party and... I'm I'm Aretha Franklin. Mm, 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 mm. No, no, Helen. No. How do you feel? You want to catch a racist? How do you feel about this? <laughs> She's like, no. Do I? I don't care. If someone steals that's a sketch idea. I can't. I can't be bothered to make sketches. 
I'm too lazy. So um, if you do make this, just bring me in on the writing. That's all. That, that's all. That's all I want. Um, right. What else did he say on there? The Canadian's global news broadcaster broadcast a brief video of Mr. Trudeau in blackface while raising his hands in the air, um, sticking out his tongue. The TV network said that they had obtained the tape, but it was not clear when and where it was filmed. Mr. Trudeau said he had not regarded blacking up as racist at the time of the two school instances and society knew better now. Now, nah, blackface has been, it's kind of been off the table since like minstrel shows and stuff. But hey, whatever. Um, but one of his rivals in the election, race, our new Democrat leader, Jagmeet Singh, fair enough, they got an Asian on board as well. So, oh, this is damaging. You know, like, it's not just a typical opportunity, like, opportunistic political op op um, opponent. It's like, oh, they've done something bad. Now, I'm going to be on that issue. You know what I mean? Like, you've never said anything about race relations. Like, I think it's absolutely deplorable and unconscionable. That someone in his position would do such a thing. It's like he 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 wasn't the PM at the time, but he was singing at school. Unconscionable. Anyway, um anyway, um <laughs> Jagmeet Singh said the PM had to answer um his past actions. The Sikh um who wears a turban said it is insulting anytime um or any time here. Examples of brown face um on your face is making a mockery of someone for what they live and for what their experiences are. And then conservative leader um, Andrew, can't see his name, said brownface was racist in 2001. That is very true. So Justin Trudeau, I'd like to see how your, your team deal with it. But here it goes, people. If you're liked enough, people will forgive you. That's it. So all he has to do. Just be liked enough, and um, you, you get more. You get more leeway. It's as simple as that. Um, so what else, Sam? This week, Dave. Dave won the Mercury Awards. Ooh. ITV tweeting about his criminal brother. In <laughs> the tweet was wild, man. The tweet was wild. Oh wait a minute. Oh, it's got, uh, it's got, oh dear. That's worrying. It's got a TM Lewin receipt. And I'm not in TM Lewin right now. Your e-receipt, when? Brent Cross. Hey? Customer name, Darragut. What? So... What is she doing? So this is her doing something. Why has it come to me though? Right, so Naomi's in Brent Cross. She told me that. Uh, I'm getting receipts in my name. Refund reason, parcel damaged. But why am I getting the receipt? She used my card to buy me a present, actually. she? What's the fuck's going on? 
What? What's happened? Wait a bit. Uh, so I'm just checking my no my shirts are here. What has she done? I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. But I don't know why it's come to me. That's so weird. So I freak I wanna freak her out and text her go, what are you doing in TM doing? What are you doing? In TM Lewin. Let's see. But yeah, why am I getting... That is so bloody weird. I bloody hope it's her, because it's just... That's strange if there's someone else rolling around. Well, that's not you do fraud. You don't get the email sent to that's your account holder's address. Hmm. So that's distracting. What's about Dave? Dave winning the Mercury Award. Well done, Dave. Um, getting that. Yeah, they refer to his criminal brother, and that caused some upset for some people um, on Friends with on, on the book face. It's like, why I've got referred to as criminal brother? You know why, because it's racist. And obviously there will be an element um, of racism to that. But you also got to think as well, he won the award for the album Psychodrama, which is all about the therapy that his brother has received while being in prison on a life sentence for murder. So... His criminal brother is kind of in the DNA of the album. So, but I was on that side of it. I was like, look, ah, it's one of those ones, maybe, maybe not. It's, it's on the fence kind of thing. It feels racist. It looks racist, but you can justify it. So usually when it's that, it's usually smart racism. <laughs> but then ITV took the tweet down. That's why I was like, okay, it's definitely racist. If they kept the tweet up, I'd be like, oh, I've... they clearly don't think it's racist. They've just left it up. But they pulled back. So, right, she said, right, laughed out near, not in. Sorry, guys, got to find out. Let me say, did you return shirts? Laugh aloud near the in. <laughs> Have you been in today? This is great podcast content. Me texting Naomi. Yeah, it's just weird for me to get that receipt. Anyway. I mean, is there much else to talk about today? Who's that? Oh, shit, that's mad awkward, man. Sorry, I was looking at stories on, <laughs> on Facebook. I was doing a story 
of someone I know. I won't say who they are. Uh, but I know a brother and sister, and the brother was going out with a girl for so long that obviously his his sister, the girl, obviously became very close mates. I've just seen a picture of the sister and the girl on the story. I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that's... It just, it just makes it hard to move on, doesn't it? When they're just there, just lingering. So, I don't know. Anyway, shall we get on to... Um... Shall we get on to... To, what's it called? Dear Deirdre. Like, you know, it's a new feature to the podcast. I've never done it before. That's why I forgot it. Right, let's get on to that. Because how long have I been talking for? I feel like I've been talking for a little bit. And I need to tidy this flat. Because it's one thing saying, oh, I didn't tidy the flat because I was doing wedding stuff. There's another thing I was doing. didn't tidy the flat because I was, I was talking to myself for the podcast. So, <laughs> let's get on to it. All right. Dear Deirdre. <laughs> My wife had sex. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. My wife had sex with my boss. Not even her boss. Wife had sex with my boss. Wait, a co-worker. Hey, and our neighbour. Jesus, can I forgive her? No. (laughs) You clearly have already forgiven her. This guy is going back to this woman. Oh, my God. I know it's sexism, right? When you, it, it's it's just worse for the woman cheats, okay? It's just worse. No, but seriously, this level of cheating is transgender. It doesn't matter which gender you are. This level of tre- cheating is fucked. My wife has said sex with my boss, a co-worker, co-worker and a neighbour. That's over. That means you don't trust... How do they even get in contact with your boss? How can you work for that guy? And he's just there, it's like, I piped your wife. Oh my God. Like you, oh, no. Like, like think about it. This is your boss, yeah? So he's like, hey, um, listen, you need to do this report tonight. So I'm gonna need you to work late. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've got to shoot off for a meeting. He's just like, that meeting is with your wife's ass. <laughs> what did he say, Graham? Sorry? You just muttered something after you left my desk. No, no, no. Just saying, um, yeah, she's going to report to me tomorrow morning. So, um, yeah, shoot off to this meeting. But my penis is going to meet your wife's face. What's that, Graham? No, I didn't say anything. You just let me leave the office now. Cheers. Anyway, um, let's get into this. How can I forgive my wife after she confessed to an affair with my boss to having sex with a colleague and with our next door neighbour? I'm 31. She is 27. And we've been married for three years. It's over. But you're going to forgive her. It's so sad because you're asking, how do I forgive her? Or can I? Yeah, how can I forgive her? Anyone asking how can I is looking for a way of doing it. I'm like, how can I murder her and get rid of the body without being caught? That's what I'm asking. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh my God. How can I murder everyone? 
I got murdered everyone and just moved to a different part of the planet and just have a better life. That's the question you should be asking. But let's see. I'm 31, she's 27. We've been married for three years. I thought we were happy. Then we had a row about our sex life. And when I felt too tired after a long day at work and my wife yelled, at least your boss would give me a good time in bed. Hey, gee, she even used it. She, oh, my God. So she's not even confessing in that. Oh, God, I've done something really bad and I feel terrible and I've been trying to keep this secret for so... No, she's actually used it as a fucking weapon as well. Hoi! Hoi! Jesus! <laughs> she says she cheated before our wedding and during the first year of marriage with my boss. I bet your boss was at the wedding as well. Hey, geez, she cheat. She said she cheated before. Went yeah, okay. I took her to my wife to my boss's wife's fortieth birthday party when we were first dating. My boss got chatting to her. They flirted, and he got her phone number. He started sending her expensive gifts. They met up and had sex. It just happened, she said. Nada. Look how many steps that was. It just happened. Nah, it just happened. If you flirted. At the party, you're both drunk and you had sex there and then. And even then, that's not really a just happened. But that's nearer to a just happened than met her at a party, chatted, flirted, exchanged numbers, started sending expensive gifts, met up, had sex. That didn't just happen. That is premeditated. It just how she said they were checking to hotels when I was away. Away. I bet with work. Your boss has sent you away to bag your missus. I told you that's what was happening. She said she was consumed with guilt and wanted to tell me for ages so she could wipe the slate clean and move on. No, she just used it as a weapon. She didn't feel guilty. Wipe the slate clean. She wanted to wipe her face clean. Uh, I yelled, was there anyone else? Or is that it? See, he knows. That would even cross my mind as a question. Was there anyone else? I was like, nah, it's like, Surely not, right? Huh? She reddened and admitted to having sex with a colleague on a business trip. Hey! Uh, then our neighbour, when he came to catch a mouse in our living room and I was away. It was when we were first... This woman is turned on easily. Oh my God, there's a mouse knocks next door. Excuse me, um, do you have a spare mouse trap? I do. Oh my God, I'm so wet right now. <laughs> I just know what happened. Look, he had the mouse trap. You were away. So we had sex. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was on your collection of football programs that your granddad gave you as well. I'm sorry. Um, wait. So she said she was young and stupid and now wouldn't dream of doing it. Doing anything so awful. Young and stupid. Wait, she's 27 now. Three years ago, married. She was 25. Not that young. I couldn't believe what she was telling me. I thought our sex life was good. But she has a high sex drive and mine is low. I do turn her down sometimes. She admits she has faked orgasms with me. Our sex life isn't very adventurous. But I thought she liked vanilla sex. She never told me there was anything wrong. She says she loves me with all her heart and I'm glad we have everything out in the open, but I feel lost. Is there some way we can get through this? Mate, you've, you've got to bag her sister. Sister, 
her best friend and her enemy. You've got to do all three of those. And it's only then when two wrongs or six wrongs in this case, then you might feel all right. Can't lie. You, you, you've, got to, you've got to do something mad. If you're bisexual, have sex with her brother. Or her dad. Have sex with her dad. Even if you're not gay, have sex with her dad. Right? And she's got to catch you doing it. And then you tell her you can't tell your mum. Because your, your mum's ill. And this will send her over the edge and kill her. So you've got to hold this in. And then you can talk about, you know what? I think I can forgive you now. <laughs> oh, dear. Jesus Christ. That, that is wild. Okay, take advantage. My partner's ex treats us like babysitters for their kids. And we never get time alone. My partner's ex demands that we have their children at least five days a week. It's a joke. It's got, uh, it, I've got a daughter and he has three children from his previous relationship. The children aren't an issue. I love them. But we are planning to move in together and I don't want the kids with us all the time. Well, what about your daughter? Do you want your daughter there all the time? My ex uses him. She always seems to have plans when he has a day off. So we get no time alone. I like peace. I like peace with my daughter. I like peace when my daughter goes to her dad's. But his kids were are always... Okay, fair enough. So you, you do just want time alone. It's not like, ah, I just want my kid around, not yours. I feel more like a babysitter than a lover. I'm 30 and he's 34. How will we ever be happy if he's constantly at her beck and call? This is the thing where you, you get with someone who's got kids... It's going to be a chance. But look, you all got to sit down as adults, all right? You got to have a proper schedule. You got to tell him. It's best if it comes from him, though. And you got to see if he feels the same. That's what you got to do. You got to see if he feels the same about it. If he feels the same, then you need to tell him to tell her, yo. Why does, actually, why does she know he has days off? Just Why can't I just say, I'm busy? That is a valid thing. I am busy. Why? I'm spending time with her. We are doing something. We're going away. Look after your kids. No, that's what you agree. Sometimes it's how we view how we spend time with other people, whether that's the thing. That a day off is a day off, all right? And then what you do with that day off is what you're doing. So if someone goes, uh, hey, you got a day off today. Do you want to come and do this? No. Why? I'm sitting down in my living room on my own. Oh, so you're doing nothing. Didn't say I'm doing nothing. I told you exactly what I'm doing. I'm sitting down in my living room on my own. So, should I come round then? No, because that stops me from being on my own. I'm sitting in my living room on my own. Sounds like you're doing nothing, mate. No, definitely something. Leave me alone. So if you want to spend time with your lady, or you spend time with your man, that's you doing something. That's not you free to look after kids. You don't want to look after the kids. And it's not your turn to. But if it's your turn, then let's suck it up. Suck it up. Anyway. Um, why, jeez. Okay. This last one. Forcing his fetish. Whee! My boyfriend wants me to fulfill his fantasies by having sex with other men, but I won't agree to it. 
Yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Um, agreeing to what my boyfriend wants, either me have sex with another guy or if he watches me flashing my underwear at other men. Seems to be the only thing that interests him in that area. Mad. If I won't agree to either, then he just doesn't want sex with me. Mad. Okay, Naomi just said what? No, that's weird. I need to sort out this um, this card thing then. I've tried to spice things up, suggesting having sex in other locations, but he says that it's all just normal sex. Um, he's now obsessed with playing out his fancies of a threesome or me becoming a flasher. I've gone along with his fantasies sometimes and talk about sex with other men, um, but he then thinks I'm serious and wants us to go out and pick somebody up. I'm 35 and he's 38. We love one another and used to have sex all the time, but now he just doesn't seem interested. It's his way or the highway. Strange. Sorry, I'm completely distracted by this TM movie thing, but I've just worked out what it is. I think it's my cousin's done something with the shirts I've given him. What the fuck has he done? Let's see. Anyway, um... was he said uh, I've tried to spice things up suggesting having I'm completely fine wait let me get back to this dear dear I think no one's frauded me it's totally fine if I <laughs> if I when agreed to so let me start this again she wants to have sex yeah so I've tried to spice things up by suggesting having sex in other locations but he says that it's just all normal sex I'm now obsessed with playing out his fantasies of threesomes and becoming a flasher. Yeah, it's just weird. Look, if you don't want to do his sexual fantasy, then um, just drop it out. So look, mate, what you think sexy, I think it's weird. I don't want to do it. How about you flash your underwear at other men? If that's what you want to do. So, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Next one. My estranged husband sent nudes of me to my new boyfriend after our secret romp. Oh dear. I cheated on my boyfriend. I cheated on my boyfriend with my husband. Hey? Oh, it's your estranged husband. Yeah, okay. Mad sentence though. Um, <laughs> who then secretly took photos of me naked in bed and sent them to him. Yeah. My life is ru in ruins. I've been married for five years and I love my husband very much. I'm 27. He is 44. A year ago, I discovered he was cheating on me with his ex-girlfriend. I saw a mess and he and he had been doing so on and off for two years. I stupidly forgave him and we tried to patch things up, but inside I was broken. Our sex life was bad and I missed the love and thrills we had before. I started using the dating app and met my new boyfriend online. He's 36. I lied that I was going through a divorce. Ah, although I had said to my husband I could not take his behaviour anymore and we separated. Okay. Sex with this new guy was best ever. He was so caring. I thought at last I could forget all the bad stuff. My husband kept contacting me, crying on the phone and I couldn't help feeling for him. Yeah, a man crying turns you on. All right. He insisted he still loves me and he was hard to resist as the two men in my life are pretty much the only people I see and I'm lonely much of the time. This is all your problem here. You don't have anything other than man, other than penis. 
to keep you um, occupied. My husband came around a few times and we end up in bed. I always hoped we'd be able to rebuild our marriage, but he would be cold and rude the next day. The last time he came around, he was much more adventurous sexually than, than usual and asked to take some nude photos of me to look at when we're apart. I said, okay, do it. But I was stupid to be so trusting and he sent them to my boyfriend. Having snooped on my phone and got his number. My boyfriend broke up with me right away and blocked me. See, that this guy breaks up right away because he's been cheated on once. Matey from the earlier dilemma. His boss, a co-worker and his neighbour. And he's like, should I break up? Unbelievable. See, that's this guy in this scenario has got a man with self-esteem had a good upbringing. Other dude, not so much. I knew... Um, I know he has every right to hate me as I've cheated on him. Exactly how my husband cheated on me. Now I've lost them both and I'm such a low point. I know what I've done is disgusting. I really want to fix things with my boyfriend, but he hates me so much. He doesn't even want to see my face and, want, and won't talk to me even for a minute. I have no one to talk to. I feel as though my life is over. Where are your friends? Where are your friends to tell you that? Fucking behave yourself. That's what you need. Anyway, I think that's the end of the pod. I'm chatting away for way too long. I need to book some tickets for the cinema and tidy up this flat. And then that's it. That's my evening done. All right, people, that's the end of the pod. Uh, catch you later. I'll be in Nottingham on Thursday. We've already started on the Just Like That tour. And then where else this weekend? This weekend. Put on gigging Saturday. Oh, yeah, the comedy store. Oh, yeah, uh, London comedy store. Why not? Got to think what material I'm going to do. Probably material for my actual hour because I kind of need my A1 material. It's the comedy store. Can't really fuck about. So, yeah. All right. That's it. End the podcast. Cheers.